So I'm going to um, share a little bit about the psalm that David wrote. And he's encouraging every righteous person, those in Christ, to not be disturbed and to not be moved and to stand firm when situations in your life come. They seem like they're getting thrown to you. Um, that we're in a spiritual battle and to stand firm in our faith. And so it's Psalm 37. It says, Psalms 37, 1 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also him, and he shall bring it to pass. The word in verse 1, the word fret, it means to wear away. So he's saying for us to not wear away, to not be agitated, to not be vexed. And the word vexed means to be irritated or mentally agitated causing disquiet within us. Um, Psalms 42, 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Um, And I feel like that's been my experience this past two weeks, just being so downcast um, and so discouraged. And to be disquiet within me means um, a discourage in our own soul. Um, and so Psalms 42, 5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God. And we know that hope, we can hope in him because Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Colossians 1, 27. Um, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything in the Koine Greek. It's a command telling us right now, in this very moment, to stop being anxious. And it's such a awesome reminder as children of God that he cares for us, you know? Um, and instead of worrying and being anxious about even one thing, enter into thanksgiving. He wants us to stop constantly frequently and without ending, without limitation, to stop worrying about even one thing. Um, And lately we've been hearing a lot on the word backslide, right? Or going back, that God wants us to go forward. Worry for the believer is to go back. And it's to backslide into the place of an unsaved heart, right? And I read that, I was in one of Ed's posts. I immediately thought... Um, the unsaved heart does not believe, right? We're going back to a heart of unbelief. We're not trusting it in him. And to have, when we're going back to the heart of an unbelief, a state of unbelief, our whole thought process is worrying about every little detail of life. And the state of unbelief is absence of spiritual perception and stubbornness and perverseness. So he helps us overcome our unbelief by revealing himself to us. But first, we have to submit to him. 
First um, Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Roll all your cares over once and for all. Just throw them, roll them all over to him. Psalms 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. The righteous are those positioned in Christ. He not only cares for you, but he is our only resource and our only burden bearer. And that was like such a, he's our only person that could carry our burden for, for us. And he's our only resource for rest. Hebrews four, fourteen and 16, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize or have compassion with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. And so we're children of God. Think of it this way. You know, when a husband and wife want to have a kid... Um, they, she bears a child for nine months, right? And they have the time to prepare to provide for that kid, right? When the child comes out, the child doesn't think, oh, how am I going to feed myself? Am I going to provide for myself? All this and that. No, the mother and father have it prepared for him and are there to provide and, and nurture him. So here are some verses that prove we are the children of God. Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Galatians 3.26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we shall be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. That's First John 3, 1. So God has brought us into the family through Christ. So it's his responsibility to care for us. You know, we don't have to live in this false uh, burden, this false responsibility that we, that we need to take care of ourselves. He's provided every detail, right? He's provided for every detail of our life. And he's provided for our one need. Um, and our one need is him. So why do we even, as believers, why do we even worry, you know? Our troubles and us trying to fix everything in our, our life in a state of unbelief only agitates it and makes it more of a burden instead of just coming to the feet of Jesus and um, getting rest. Psalms 37.3, it says, Trust in the Lord. And do good, so you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Our only need for him is the very thing we are to bring to him. Because he is our only need. He's the only person that can satisfy our emptiness. Ecclesiastes 3, 11, He has put eternity in our hearts, right? Only he can fill that one need for all the rest of eternity. It's the very thing that causes us to become strong by depending on the grace that's in him. Second Corinthians twelve nine, his grace is sufficient. Right? In our weakness, he is strong. 
He wants us to go to him just as we are, not with uh, self-effort for us to change, but to come to him in humility, to enter into his presence. We're not to make ourselves a place of rest, right? Faith always looks objectively towards him. So we're to be occupied with him and forget about self. When we get away from him, then our thoughts begin to come in and our thoughts are not his thoughts, right? His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9. His grace has no limits, right? He has shed his love abroad in our hearts, right? What he is towards us um, in grace is his love. Um, Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. To delight yourself in the Lord, we need to be completely severed from self. And Ed talked about this a couple days ago or weeks ago. I don't even remember, but he who is entirely severed from self finds his highest delight in God. And in that, God will give us the desires of our hearts, right? Because he cannot... The person that's severed from self, right, cannot desire anything that's at enmity with God. And what's enmity? Strong feelings and hatreds against God. So what does severing do? It cuts off the old, right? Um, And in that, God gives us all. God gives us him who is all in all. God has great delight when we at all times, in faith, depend on him for everything and not for anything in ourselves. Um, Psalms 104.34 says, May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. Uh, 1 Peter 1.18, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, but you believe, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Psalms 21, 2, you have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Psalms 145:19. he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Um, he will heal our broken hearts. And I mentioned this, when, I think, Wednesday, that the word of God heals us, right? Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Psalms 37, 5, it says, Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. To commit is re- related to trust. Um, it's to put into the hands, right? You're putting yourself into the hands of another power of another, which is God, to entrust with, right? You're entrusting your life with him, you're entrusting life to him. Or to commit our own worries, giving them up to him. First Peter five seven, instead of living in the torment of fear, God leads us away from doubt and to him and to trusting prayer. And the last verse in Psalms thirty seven um, seven that I want to talk about is um, it says rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him 
Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, which is the, the wicked, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. To rest, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I know what rest is, right? But I looked it up and it's to take ease, to refresh, to give rest, to refresh your soul. And God hides all the rest we need in his son, right? Outside of Christ, there is no rest. Outside of him, we're discouraged. We're vexed outside of him. We're restless and disquiet. So how do we get rest? Right? Well, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30 says it. Come to me, all who, grow, who are growing weary, mentally exhausted. Take my yoke and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Numbers 19, 2. It speaks of the red heifer, right? And we've been taught the red heifer is an example or a type of Christ. It was to be without blemish and without spot, without any defect, and one that never had or needed a yoke. And that speaks of Christ. Christ never had a yoke. So he's telling us, hey, here's my yoke. And what does the yoke have to do with? Yes. The restraint of the will. So the yoke. Christ has for us, keeps us close to him. Um, And now we can experience him in unity. It's our only place of identity with him. And that keeps, again, that keeps us from being lost in our own thoughts. Because apart from him, we're restless. He's our only place of rest. Jeremiah 29, 11, his thoughts are peace towards us, right? The rest in Matthew is a rest of our soul. In the midst of life, right? In, in the troubling storm, um, when f- fear and anxiety fill our hearts, he's the one that we are to take his yoke and learn of him. Um, Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we have peace with God, we can rest. Guess what? We all have peace with him. Romans 5, 5, 1. We have peace with God. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. In Philippians 4, 7, it's a sentinel. We spoke about it the other day. It's a sentinel that keeps guard uh, of our heart and, our, and of our mind. And it is enjoyed by all who commit to him and submit to him. And so, Father God, we thank you um, for the precious word, Lord, that causes us to rest. Lord, your truth is so um, amazing, Lord. When we're in the trenches of life, Lord, we can run to you and take your yoke, Lord, and you give rest to our souls, God. So we thank you this morning, Lord. Um, Bless this time um, and bless our time with the Texas people, Lord. In your name, amen. Amen.